Book Fifteen of Jerusalem Delivered by Toquato Tasso. Translated by Edward Fairfax. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. The Argument The well instructed knights forsake their host and come where their strange bark in harbor lay, and setting sail, behold on Egypt's coast the monarch's ships and armies in array. Their wind and pilot good, the seas in post they pass, and of long journeys make short way. The far-sought isle they find, Armida's charms they scorn, they shun her slights, despise her arms. The rosy-fingered morn with gladsome ray rose to her task from old Tithonus' lap, when their grave host came where the warriors lay, and with him brought the shield, the rod, the map. Arise, quoth he, ere lately broken day in his bright arms the round world fold or wrap. All what I promised, here I have them brought, enough to bring Armida's charms to naught. They started up, and every tender limb in sturdy steel and stubborn plate they dight. Before the old man stalked, they followed him through gloomy shades of sad and sable night, through vaults obscure again and entries dim. The way they came, their steps remeasured right. But at the flood arrived, farewell, quoth he, good luck your aid, your guide, good fortune be. The flood received them in his bottom low, and lift them up above his billows thin. The waters so cast up a branch or bough, by violence first plunged and dived therein. But when upon the shore the waves them throw, the knights for their fair guide to look begin and gazing round a little bark they spied wherein a damsel sat the stern to guide upon her front her locks were curled new her eyes were courteous full of peace and love in look a saint an angel bright in show so in her visage grace and virtue strove her robe seemed sometimes red and sometimes blue and changed still as she did stir or move that look how oft man's eye beheld the same, so oft the colors changed, went and came. The feathers so that tender, soft, and plain about the dove's smooth neck close couched been, do in one color never long remain, but change their hue gainst glimpse of Phoebus' sheen. And now of rubies bright of vermil chain, now make a carknet rich of emeralds green now mingle both, now alter, turn, and change to thousand colors, rich, pure, fair, and strange. Enter this boat, you happy men, she says, wherein through raging waves secure I ride, to which all tempest, storm, and wind obeys, all burdens light, benign is stream and tide. My lord that rules your journeys and your ways hath sent me here, your servant and your guide. This said, her shallop drove she gainst the sand, and anchor cast amid the steadfast land. They entered in. Her anchor she upwound, and launched forth to see her pinnace flit. Spread to the wind her sails she broad unbound, and at the helm sat down to govern it. Swelled the flood that all his banks he drowned, to bear the greatest ship of burden fit. Yet was her frigate little, swift, and light, that at his lowest ebb bear it he might. Swifter than thought the friendly wind forth bore the sliding boat upon the rolling wave. With curded foam and froth the billows hoar about the cable murmur, roar, and rave. 
At last they came where all his watery store The flood in one deep channel did engrave, And forth to greedy seas his streams he sent, And so his waves his name himself is spent. The wondrous boat scant touched the troubled main, But all the sea still hushed and quiet was, Vanished the clouds, ceased the wind and rain, The tempests threatened, overblow and pass. A gentle breathing air made even and plain The azure face of heaven's smooth-looking glass, And heaven itself smiled from the skies above, With a calm clearness on the earth his love. By Ascalon they sailed, and forth drived Toward the west their speedy course they frame, In sight of Gaza till the bark arrived, A little port, when first it took that name, But since by others' loss so well it thrived, a city great and rich that it became, and there the shores and borders of the land they found as full of armed men as sand. The passengers to landward turned their sight, and there saw pitched many a stately tent, soldier and footman, captain, lord and knight, between the shore and city came and went, huge elephants, strong camels, coursers light, with horned hoofs and sandy ways outrent, and in the haven many a ship and boat with mighty anchors fastened swim and float. Some spread their sails, and some with strong oars sweep the water smooth and brush the buxom wave. Their breasts in sunder cleave the yielding deep, the broken seas for anger foam and rave. When thus their guide began, Sir Knights, take keep how all these shores are spread with squadrons brave, and troops of hardy knights. Yet... On these sands the monarch scant hath gathered half his bands. Of Egypt only these the forces are, And aid from other lands they here attend. For twixt the noonday sun and morning star All realms at his command do bow and bend. So that I trust we shall return from far, And bring our journey long to wish it end. Before this king or his lieutenant Shall these armies bring to Sion's conquered wall. While thus she said, as soaring eagles fly amongst other birds securely through the air, and mounting up, behold with wakeful eye the radiant beams of old Hyperion's hair, her gondola so passed swiftly by, twixt ship and ship withouten fear or care, who should her follow, trouble, stop, or stay, and forth to sea made lucky speed and way. Themselves fornenced old Raphia's town they fanned, a town that first to sailors doth appear as they from Syria pass to Egypt land. The sterile coasts of barren Renokir they pass, and seas where Cassius' hill doth stand, that with his trees o'erspreads the waters near, against whose roots breaketh the brackish wave, where Jove his temple, Pompey hath his grave. Then Damietta next, where they behold how to the sea his tribute Nilus pays, by his seven mouths, renowned in stories old, and by a hundred more ignoble ways. They passed the town built by the Grecian bold, of him called Alexandria till our days. And Pharaoh's tower and isle, removed of yore far from the land, now joined to the shore. Both Crete and Rhodes they left by north unseen, and sailed along the coasts of Afric lands, whose sea-towns fair but realms more inward been, all full of monsters and of desert sands. With her five cities then they left Cyrene, where that old temple of false Ammon stands. 
Next, Ptolemaeus, and that sacred wood whence spring the silent streams of Lethe flood. The greater cert that sailors often cast in peril great of death and loss extreme they compassed round about, and safely passed. The Cape Judeca, and flood Magra's stream, then Tripoli, against which is Malta placed, that low and hid to lurk in seas doth seem. The little cert then, and Alzerbe's isle, where dwelt the folk that Lotus ate erewhile. Next Tunis, on the crooked shore they spied, whose bay a rock on either side defends. Tunis, all towns in beauty, wealth, and pride above, as far as Libya's bounds extends, gainst which, from fair Sicilia's fertile side, his rugged front, great Lilibium bends. The dame there pointed out where sometimes stood Rome's stately rival whilom, Carthage proud. Great Carthage, blow in ashes cold doth lie, her ruins poor the herbs in height scant pass. So cities fall, so perish kingdoms high, their pride and pomp lies hid in sand and grass. Then why should mortal man repine to die, whose life is air, breath, wind, and body glass. From thence the seas, next Bizzard's walls, they cleft, and fair Sardinia on their right hand left. Numidia's mighty plains they coasted then, where wandering shepherds used their flocks to feed. Then Buja and Algiers, the infamous den of pirates false, Oran they left with speed. All Tingitan they swiftly overran, where elephants and angry lions breed, where now the realms of Fez and Morocco be, gainst which Granada's shores and coasts they see. Now are they there, where first the sea break in by great Alcides' help, as stories feign. True may it be, that where those floods begin, it whilom was a firm and solid main, before the sea there through did passage win, and parted Afric from the land of Spain. Abila hence, thence Calpe great upsprings, such power hath time to change the face of things. Four times the sun had spread his morning ray, since first the dame launched forth her wondrous barge, and never yet took port in creek or bay, but fairly forward bore the knights her charge. Now through the strait her jolly ship made way, and boldly sailed upon the ocean large. But if the sea in midst of earth was great, oh, what was this wherein earth hath her seat? Now deep engulfed in the mighty flood, they saw not Gades nor the mountains near. Fled was the land and towns on land that stood, heaven-covered sea, sea seemed the heavens to bear. At last, fair lady, quoth Ubaldo good, that in this endless main doth guide us here, if ever man before here sailed, tell, or other lands here be wherein men dwell. Great Hercules, quoth she, when he had quelled the monsters fierce in Africa and in Spain, and all along your coasts and countries sailed, yet durst he not assay the ocean main. Within his pillars would he have impaled the overdaring wit of mankind vain, till Lord Ulysses did those bounders pass to see and know he so desirous was. He passed those pillars, and in open wave of the broad sea first his bold sails untwined, but yet the greedy ocean was his grave, 
Not helped him his skill gainst tide and wine, With him all witness of his voyage brave Lies buried there, no truth thereof we find, And they whom storm hath forced that way since Are drowned all or unreturned from thence. So that this mighty sea is yet unsought Where thousand isles and kingdoms lie unknown, Not void of men, as some have vainly thought, But peopled well, and wanted like your own, the land is fertile ground, but scant well wrought, Air wholesome, temperate sun, grass proudly grown. But, quoth Ubaldo, Dame, I pray thee teach, Of that hid world, what be the laws and speech? As diverse be their nations, answered she, Their tongues, their rights, their laws so different are. Some pray to beasts, some to a stone or tree, Some to the earth, the sun or morning star. Their meats unwholesome, vile, and hateful be. Some eat man's flesh, and captives ta'en in war, And all from Calpe's mountain west that dwell In faith profane, in life are rude and fell. But will our gracious God, the knight replied, That with his blood all sinful men hath bought, His truth for ever and his gospel hide From all those lands as yet unknown, unsought? Oh no, quoth she. His name both far and wide shall there be known, All learning thither brought. Nor shall these long and tedious ways for ever, Your world and theirs, their lands, your kingdoms sever. The time shall come that sailors shall disdain To talk or argue of Alcides strait. The lands and seas that nameless yet remain Shall well be known, their boundaries, sight and seat. The ships encompass shall the solid main as far as seas outreach their waters great and measure all the world and with the sun about this earth this globe this compass run a knight of genes shall have the hardiment upon this wondrous voyage first to wend nor winds nor waves that ships in sunder rent nor seas unused strange climbed or pool unkenned nor other peril nor astonishment that makes frail hearts of men to bow and bend within Abila's strait shall keep and hold the noble spirit of this sailor bold. Thy ship Columbus shall her canvas wing spread o'er that world that yet concealed lies, that scant swift fame her looks shall after bring, though thousand plumes she have and thousand eyes. Let her of Bacchus and Alcides sing, Of thee to future age let this suffice, That of thine acts she some forewarning give, Which shall in verse and noble story live. Thus talking, swift twixt south and west they run, And sliced out twixt froth and foam their way. At once they saw before the setting sun, Behind the rising beam of springing day, and when the morn her drops and dews begun to scatter broad upon the flowering lay far off a hill and mountain high they spied whose tops the cloud environ clothe and hide and drawing near the hill at ease they view when all the clouds were molten fallen and fled whose top pyramid wise did pointed show high narrow sharp the sides yet more outspread Thence, now and then, fire, flame, and smoke out flew, As from that hill where under lies in bed Enceladus, Whence with imperious sway bright fire breaks out by night, Black smoke by day. 
About the hill lay other islands small, Where other rocks, crags, cliffs, and mountains stood, The isles fortunate the elder times did call, To which high heaven they feigned so kind and good, And of his blessings rich so liberal, That without tillage earth gives corn for food and grapes that swell with sweet and precious wine, there without pruning yields the fertile vine. The olive fat, there ever buds and flowers, the honey drops from hollow oaks distill, the falling brook her silver streams downpours with gentle murmur from their native hill. The western blast tempereth with dews and showers the sunny rays, lest heat the blossoms kill. The fields Elysian, as fond heathens fain, were there where souls of men in bliss remain. To these their pilot steered, and now, quoth she, your voyage long to end is brought well near. The happy isles of fortune now you see, of which great fame and little truth you hear. Sweet, wholesome, pleasant, fertile, fat they be, yet not so rich as fame reports they were, this said, towards an island fresh she bore the first of ten that lie next Afric's shore. When Charles thus, if worthy governess, to our good speed such tarriance be not let, upon this isle that heaven so fair doth bless, to view the place, on land a while us set, to know the folk and what God they confess, and all whereby man's heart may knowledge get that I may tell the wonders therein seen another day, and say, There have I been. She answered him, Well fits this high desire thy noble heart, yet cannot I consent, for heaven's decree firm, stable, and entire thy wish repugns, and against thy will is bent. Nor yet the time hath Titan's gliding fire met forth prefixed for this discoverment. And nor is it lawful of the ocean main that you the secrets know or known explain to you without a needle map or card it's given to pass these seas and there arrive where in strong prison lies your knight embarred and of her prey you must the witch deprive if further to aspire you be prepared in vain gainst fate and heaven's decree you strive while thus she said the first seen isle gave place and high and rough the second showed his face. They saw how eastward stretched in order long the happy islands sweetly flowering lay, and how the seas betwixt those isles in throng, and how they shouldered land from land away. In seven of them the people rude among the shady trees their sheds had built of clay. The rest lay waste, unless wild beasts unseen or wanton nymphs roamed on the mountains green a secret place they found in one of those where the cleft shore sea in his bosom takes and twixt his stretched arms doth fold and close an ample bay a rock the haven makes which to the main doth his broad back oppose whereon the roaring billow cleaves and breaks and here and there two crags like turrets high point forth a port to all that sail thereby the quiet seas below lie safe and still the green wood like a garland grows aloft sweet caves within cool shades and waters shrill where lie the nymphs on moss and ivy soft 
No anchor there needs hold her frigate still, Nor cable twisted sure, though breaking oft. Into this desert, silent, quiet glade, Entered the dame, and there her heaven made. The palace, proudly built, quoth she, Behold, that sits on top of yonder mountain's height. Of Christ's true faith there lies the champion bold In idleness, love, fancy, folly light. When Phoebus shall his rising beams unfold, Prepare you gainst the hill to mount upright, Nor let this stay in your bold hearts breed care, For, save that one, all ours unlucky are. But yet, this evening, if you make good speed, To that hill's foot with daylight might you pass. Thus said the dame their guide, and they agreed, And took their leave, and leaped forth on the grass. They found the way that to the hill doth lead, And softly went, that neither tired was. But at the mountain's foot they both arrived, Before the sun his team in waters dived. They saw how from the crags and clefts below His proud and stately pleasant top grew out, And how his sides were clad with frost and snow. The height was green with herbs and flowerets stout, Like hairy locks the trees about him grow, the rocks of ice keep watch and ward about the tender roses and the lilies new. Thus art can nature change and kind subdue. Within a thick, a dark and shady plot at the hill's foot, at night the warriors dwell. But when the sun his rays, bright shining, hot to spread, of golden light the eternal well, up, up they cried, and fiercely up they got and climbed boldly against the mountain fell. But forth there crept, from whence I cannot say, an ugly serpent which forestalled their way. Armed with golden scales, his head and crest he lifted high, his neck swelled great with ire, flamed his eyes, and hiding with his breast all the broad path, he poison breathed and fire. Now reached he forth in folds and forward pressed, now would he back in rolls and heaps retire. Thus he presents himself to guard the place. The knights pressed forward with assured pace. Charles drew forth his brand to strike the snake. Ubaldo cried, Stay, my companion dear. Will you with sword or weapon battle make against this monster that affronts us here? This said, he gan his charmed rod to shake, so that the serpent durst not hiss for fear, but fled and dead for dread fell on the grass, and so the passage plain eath open was. A little higher on the way they met a lion fierce, that hugely roared and cried, his crest he reared high, and open set of his broad gaping jaws the furnace wide. His stern, his back, oft smote his rage to whet, but when the sacred staff he once espied, a trembling fear through his bold heart was spread, his native wrath was gone, and swift he fled. The hardy couple on their way forth went, and met a host that on them roar and gape of savage beasts, to fore unseen, unkenned, differing in voice, in semblance, and in shape. All monsters which hot Afric doth forth send twixt Nilus, Atlas, and the southern cape, were all there met and all wild beasts besides Hyrcania breeds, or Hyrcan forest hides. But yet that fierce, that strange and savage host, 
could not in presence of those worthies stand, but fled away, their heart and courage lost, when Lord Obaldo shook his charming wand. No other let their passage stopped or crossed, till on the mountain's top themselves they fanned, save that the ice, the frost, and drifted snow oft made them feeble, weary, faint, and slow. And having passed all that frozen ground, and overgone that winter sharp and keen, a warm, mild, pleasant, gentle sky they found, that overspread a large and ample green. The winds breathed spikenard, myrrh, and balm around, the blasts there firm, unchanged, stable been, not as elsewhere the winds now rise, now fall, and Phoebus there I shine, sets not at all, not as elsewhere, now sunshine bright, now showers, now heat, now cold, there interchanged were, but everlasting spring, mild heaven down pours, in which nor rain, nor storm, nor clouds appear, nursing to fields their grass, to grass his flowers, to flowers their smell, to trees the leaves they bear. There by a lake, a stately palace stands that overlooks all mountains, seas, and lands. The passage hard against the mountains steep these travellers had faint and weary made, that through those grassy plains they scantly creep, they walked, they rested oft, they went, they stayed. When from the rocks that seemed for joy to weep, before their feet a dropping crystal played, enticing them to drink and on the flowers the plenteous spring a thousand streams down pours, all which united in the springing grass ate forth a channel through the tender green, and underneath eternal shade did pass with murmur shrill, cold, pure, and scantly seen, yet so transparent that perceived was the bottom rich, the sands that golden been, and on the brims the silken grass aloft proffered them seats sweet, easy, fresh, and soft. See here the stream of laughter, see the spring, quoth they, of danger and of deadly pain. Here fond desire must by fair governing be ruled, our lust bridled with wisdom's rein. Our ears be stopped while these sirens sing, their notes enticing man to pleasure vain. Thus passed they forward where the stream did make an ample pond, a large and spacious lake. There on the table was all dainty food that sea, that earth, or liquid air could give, and in the crystal of the laughing flood they saw two naked virgins bathe and dive, that sometimes toying, sometimes wrestling stood, sometimes for speed and skill in swimming strive. Now underneath they dived, now rose above, and ticing baits laid forth of lust and love. These naked wantons, tender, fair, and white, moved so far the warrior's stubborn hearts, that on their shapes they gazed with delight. The nymphs applied their sweet, alluring arts, and one of them above the waters quite lift up her head, her breasts, and higher parts, and all that might weak eyes subdue and take. Her lower beauties veiled the gentle lake. As when the morning star escaped and fled from greedy waves with dewy beams up flies, or as the queen of love, new-born and bred, of the ocean's fruitful froth did first arise, 
so vented she her golden locks forth spread round pearls and crystal moist therein which lies but when her eyes upon the knights she cast she start and feigned her of their sight aghast and her fair locks that in a knot were tied high on her crown she gan at large unfold which falling long and thick and spreading wide the ivory soft and white mantled in gold thus her fair skin the dame would clothe and hide and that which hid it no less fair was hold thus clad in waves and locks her eyes divine from them ashamed did she turn and twine withal she smiled and she blushed withal her blush her smiling smiles her blushing braced over her face her amber tresses fall whereunder love himself in ambush placed at last she warbled forth a treble small and with sweet looks her sweet songs interlaced o oh, happy men that have the grace quoth she this bliss this heaven this paradise to see this is the place wherein you may assuage your sorrows past here is that joy and bliss that flourished in the antique golden age here needs no law here none doth aught amiss put off those arms and fear not mars's rage your sword your shield your helmet needless is then consecrate them here to endless rest you shall love's champions be and soldiers blessed the field for combat here are beds of down or heaped lilies under shady brakes but come and see our queen with golden crown that all her servants blessed and happy makes she will admit you gently for her own numbered with those that of her joy partakes but first within this lake your dust and sweat wash off and at that table sit and eat while thus she sung her sister lured them nigh with many a gesture kind and loving show to music sound as dames in court apply their cunning feet and dance now swift now slow but still the knights unmoved passed by these vain delights for wicked charms they know nor could their heavenly voice or angels look surprise their hearts if eye or ear they took for if that sweetness once but touched their hearts and proffered there to kindle cupid's fire straight armed reason to his charge upstarts and quencheth lust and killeth fond desire thus scorned were the dames their wiles and arts and to the palace gates the knights retire where in their streams the damsels dived sad ashamed disgraced for that repulse they had End of Book 15